Hi, my name is Marissa Klein. I'm the founder of Choice Fashion and Media and co-host of the career inspiration podcast, The Dreamcatchers. And I am Jamie Stozer, the other co-host of The Dreamcatchers and the VP of Fashion and Media at Choice Associates. Up next is a special edition of The Dreamcatchers. We've curated our favorite dreamers and doers for an inspirational conversation. Thanks for joining us and hope you enjoy. Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to How It Works. How are you? I'm Jamie. We are the Dreamcatchers. We have not done a How It Works in several months. In a minute. Our partners at MPZ have been a little busy. We've been a little busy, but we are thrilled, thrilled, thrilled to be here tonight, this evening, in a new space at Bellworks. We're downstairs in the ballroom. For those of you who have never seen it, it is magic. This is my sister Marissa to my right. Hi, everyone. Nice to see you again. Welcome back to our Facebook audience. Um, it is a pleasure to be here. Our theme for the evening is about giving back, um, which makes quite a bit of sense considering where we've all come from and what time of year it is. Um, and we have a, a really impressive yet whimsical group of people that are here to speak about their journey. Uh, usually, as you all know, we are very career focused and we unpack how you get to be where you are in your career and why. But interestingly enough, we have three superstars here that have yet to embark on their career journey and yet maybe making us all look a teensy bit bad. (laughs) Um, But I thought it'd be nice to open the floor to people that are making magic at different generations. And I wanted to take that moment to say with gratitude to the last 20 plus months that in my profession that Jamie and I have been doing for the last two decades, which is putting people to work in career search One of the silver linings of the pandemic has been what I believe is generations really evening out. Mm. So sitting with executives next to juniors and seniors in high school, you know, a couple of years ago might have felt a little tongue in cheek. And yet today it feels feels right. It feels right. Yeah. And I don't know if they feel the same way about us old folk, but (laughs) I won't put words in their mouth quite. But in my mind, I have seen many people with years of experience help junior level people with less years of experience with an even trade of optimism and respect in a way that I have never seen before. Mm. And I truly, truly believe that that is a benefit of us experiencing trauma as a whole, as an entire group of humans at any age, we all just kind of get each other right now, even when we don't get each other. So thank you all for being here. Jamie and I like to let everyone introduce themselves. One, because we think it's more personal. Two, it's because we usually make mistakes. And <laughs> or when I say we, I mean me. And um, I also want to make any mistakes. No, never. I also want to have a special shout out. Before we came on here, we did a beautiful 45 minute or so restorative yoga flow by our guru friend, partner in crime, inspirational. I don't know. Every single word, insert adverb, Tootsie, who is sitting here on the panel because she is a leader in all things giving back 
by teaching us how to do it for ourselves, mm -hmm. which is difficult for each and every one of us, no matter our age. So thank you, Tootsie, for what was not on camera. We're very, we're very zen right mm -hmm. now. Yes, I'm lucky I can <laughs> speak. Yeah, it's, it's sorry if I jumble my also, words. Also, most of us that know Tootsie know restorative and Tootsie are not usually two words that go together. So we were very lucky. And it was lovely. It was a pleasure. Uh, Thanks for the pleasure. It really was. Um, so we like to have everyone introduce themselves. We have a robust panel today, as Marissa mentioned, of folks who what we would consider are experts in giving back. Um especially in our community here in Monmouth County, but really in general, right? Either they've made their career around, around giving back, they give back to acti activism, to causes, to organizations, to fitness. Um, and as Marissa mentioned, you know, we are what we call ourselves career experts, right? So these folks have made careers, whether on a junior scale to a senior level scale um, about this concept. So we wanted to take this moment, being that it's the season of giving, um, to give back to all of you by learning kind of how they give back to the community so that we can figure out how to do it ourselves. So just no particular order, but we'll start this way. We'd love to have everyone just introduce yourself. Just tell us your name and the organization that you're here with. My name's Jenny Portella, and I'm a co-president of Compañeros de Comida. Which we're going to talk about in a moment, what that is. <laughs> My name is Ali Galliardi. I'm the other co-president of Compañeros de Comida. I like your merch. <laughs> you. My name's Jackson Kamen. I'm the vice president of Compañeros de Comida, and I'm not wearing the merch. That's okay. That's all right. You're oh, good. Nice. You're good there. <laughs> Hi. My, excuse me. My name is Gwen Love. I'm the executive director for Lunch Break in Red Bank. Everyone knows me. Yeah, we did this already. <laughs> My name is Maura Nelson. I am an entrepreneur. Um, I met Marissa probably 12 years ago um, because I have been in the uh, intimate apparel industry for about 20 years. I am also uh, sit on the board of several organizations that are based here in Monmouth County and um, ran for office here in Monmouth County last year and the year before that. So in general, I do some stuff mm -hmm. in the community. Uh, I'm Tootsie Olan. I am a um, choreographer, yogi, um, fitness leader, pioneer, retreat leader, and um, I'm in the business of making people recognize how it's important to feel good so that they can spread the wealth of feeling good and do good things. Love it. Okay, so you know, spoiler alert, Tootsie's been on our podcast before, so we know her answer to this, but it's been many months since she's asked this, been asked this question. We asked the first question that we ask on any panel or any podcast episode, which I believe we've recorded, Ming probably knows better than us, 52? close to 60 episodes since the end of 2018. Tootsie was one of our first guests. Uh, we actually named our podcast The Dreamcatchers um, after her retreat to Tulum. Just a fun fact, which we talk about most episodes anyway. So we just get to say it in front of her this time. Mm. Um, for those of you that don't know what a Dreamcatcher does, and they're above every bed in Tulum, by the way. So you walk into your bedroom at this beautiful retreat that location that we went to called Amansala. You have a Dreamcatcher above your bed and or they're everywhere in town to buy and bring home. And basically at that time, we had just been kind of starting our podcast and we were 
kind of figuring out what it was going to be called and trying to figure out what it is that we really do for people in our day jobs, but also by unpacking their stories on our podcast. And it's exactly what a dream catcher does, which is a, a dream catcher by nature catches the bad dreams in its webs and lets all the good stuff come out the feathers. So what we do for people or what we try to do for people is inspire them in a way in regards to career that the, the crap really gets caught somewhere and the rest gets come out. You know, we help it come out the feathers. So that's where our name was born. So just a fun fact. Um, so we like to ask people their first memory. Now, these guys have a little bit of a leg up because it's a little bit sooner um, ago than the rest of us. But their first memory of their, you know, their dream job, what it is that they wanted to be when they grew up. Um, and for many of us, that that memory started at three, at four, at five years old. You kind of know what you want to be. I have a five-year-old. He wants to be Willy Wonka currently. Um, like he wants to own a candy factory. So we'll see if we get there. Um, but we, we like to do is really correlate what your answer is to what you end up doing with your life. So being that most of you are experts in giving, I think it would be interesting to learn what it is that you wanted to be. And we can kind of tie that together. And this is an exercise we do with candidates too. When somebody's struggling for work-wise, um, you know, really trying to tie together your dream job to what you physically end up going to do. So we can start this way this time. Give you guys a minute, <laughs> even though you probably know the answer better. Tootsie, what did you want to be when you grew up? Um, I mean, I guess a dancer. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't know. Um, I probably should have a better answer for this, but I thought you were going the other direction. Um, <laughs> I, I think I, I've been a dancer my entire life. I'm sure I that was part of the plan. But at some point, I really tried to do other things at many points. And it became very clear that when you're meant to do something um, and it's like you're calling in some way, um, this is where I was. I also... I, I direct and I lead a lot and I think that I've always had that position in my life and I enjoy leading people to the good stuff of life, mm -hmm. the good things. Mm -hmm. What about you? What did you want to be? Um, I was going to be an actress. Mm -hmm. I was um, very involved in theater. Um, I was the theater theater kid and I did end up going to college. I went to NYU and got a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree in acting. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a big deal. And now I make bras for a living. <laughs> well, by the Somebody way, if that's not acting, I don't know what is. <laughs> <laughs> totally. There's definitely performance in that whole. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I do think what's interesting, Marissa likes to do this too, but you know, when, when you actually unpack, like really think about some of the things that even these two ladies just said, you know, you have somebody who wanted to be a, a performer to lead and entertain, right? That's actually what I wanted to be when I grew up. In fact, my dream job was a dance teacher, um, which, you know, I no longer am a dance teacher necessarily, although I've done that in my life. But anybody that wanted to be a teacher in any way, in, in our opinion, professional, you know, objective opinion, mostly subjective opinion, is that you end up teaching in some way. You lead in some way. You educate in some way, right? So for you, you're not necessarily in the theater, Right. Um, but a little piece to you, as you said, when you were introducing yourself is that you ran for local office, right? which takes a lot of presentation skill and Absolutely. communication and things like that. It came in handy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure, sure it did. I'm sure and it did. I, still, I can tell I... from even your introduction <laughs> that you either spoke for a living or acted, you know, you have, I've done it a few times. Yes, yeah. yes. You've never, um, you've held a milk and, and you've held a mic before. So going though from theater to, uh, the fashion industry design, right. They're both still very creative. Right. Yep. And 
both do require some level of leadership, presentation, all that sort of stuff. So it, it makes sense and to acting. me. And, and, and acting. acting. Absolutely. Acting like your lingerie is better than everybody else's lingerie. <laughs> um, it is. It is. Obviously. It is. It yeah. is. Obviously. Gwen, what about you? What did you want to be when you grew up? Well, you know, it, it really kind of depends on how old, what, you know, my age. Mm-hmm. At one time, I want to be an airline. That's, that's what happens. It changes, exactly. and that's okay. It changes constantly. I want to be an airline stewardess, and then I want to be a teacher. I want to be a guidance counselor. Um, but I, you know, I, I think ultimately everything I was gravitating to was about, you know, caring and, you know, being attentive to other people's mm-hmm. needs and things like that. You know, I want to be a social worker. And honestly, I do that work, actually. But, you know, life, you know, was, was uh, I took a few turns in life and wasn't able to go to college. There was no money to go to college and just um, ended up with a lot of opportunities to be in the uh, social work realm you know, whether it was community development, community organizing, things like that. But, you know, all those roads led me to lunch break, which is to me the, the ultimate social work activity, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, so I, I feel like I'm doing that. I feel like I'm, I'm at it. You know, it kind of led me to those those things as well. Um, but, I, you know, so that that's that's it. I think social work was in my DNA and, and it was part of, of watching my mother always care for other people mm-hmm. and other causes and things like that. So I think that, um, you know, it was just like, just kind of, you know, propelled me to, to, to that type of, uh, of, uh, of life of just wanting to care and help and just in you know, and, and, uh, and empower, empower others, um, from where they are. And from, and that's what works, that, that's what helped. That's what I did. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. other people helped me to, and empowered me to be able to, um, to be where I am too, you know. See, right, right other, you put exactly other people's oxygen masks on. You See, know, there you are I, being a flight attendant. I, you know, you, you know, know, it's just so it's, it's so just funny. Quick, I told you, Marissa's right, better at that so than funny, me. But you know, we all do right. That, right? Mm-hmm. We all. Yeah. I mean, really, for the most part, we think to put everybody else's on first. We hope that that's what we. I we're believe, not supposed to, right? Not you, supposed to, but that's what we do. That's that and it, it, yeah. it is more natural to want to take care of somebody else. Everybody else before. It's natural to take care of yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, which is exactly what all of us were mentioning before. Um, so interestingly enough, I think uh, our guest to the right, I find, you know, I say time and time again that I am very geeky when it comes to finding out what people want to be when they grow up. Yeah. It's it's something that I know many people would really feel the same that. It, it's really interesting. I feel me. the same. I know you do. And I, I just want to say before Jackson introduces himself, the reason I met Jackson, there's two really fun reasons as to yes. why we met Jackson. Exactly. Speaking of dreams, David, my brother-in-law, for those that don't know, is a rock star drummer Yep. and should be a drummer in real life, but he's in finance instead. Yep. So speaking to what happens to life is you end up, you know, unlike Tootsie necessarily, who made a career out of her passion, you do things on the side. You do what Marissa and I have been calling side hustles since before side hustles was a word. Yeah. Where, and that for me was dancing with Tootsie, you know, for years before I actually started working with her. But like David always was a drummer. Yep. And never drummed live. And not since he was a kid. Right. Like, no, I'm saying college. like recent, yeah. like he's a dad in Fairhaven and doesn't, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so David is now in a band 
shameless plug it's called not a band i made the logo it's stunning um, it. not a band like not like nautical not get it um and um jackson we met jackson because he also knows a member of the band um but secondly we spoke to jackson because he is a aspiring wolverine go blue there he is, because Ming went to Michigan, too. <laughs> um, so we were talking about Michigan. And then as we were chatting about Michigan, I said to him, do you want to be on this panel and bring your friends? Um, so, Jackson, tell us a little bit about you and what you wanted to be when you grew up. Although I do know this answer because you just told me the other day. So currently, I'm still chasing the dream, I think. I've always had it. Like, I've always had this mindset that I love aviation and planes and everything that flies. And um you know, since fourth grade, I've always loved going on vacation just to be on the planes. And I really think that, you know, I'm trying to pursue being an aerospace engineer right now. And, you know, I'm getting ready to go to college for it. Um, and I really... Admissions office at Michigan, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> I really think that engineering is the way that, you know, I can help people just because, you know, I've always had a math brain and science brain. And the way that I process like problems is always mathematically. And I really just think that's the way that, you know, I would be the most efficient at my job. It would make me the most happy. And I just think it's the perfect job for me. I've always kind of seen that. See what happens when a young, evolved person comes and sits down on the, pa the panel. Yeah. He recognizes his strengths. Correct. Okay. Yep. The generations before, we had such trouble recognizing and leaning into our strengths. Yep. This generation recognizes their strength and says, this is my strength. I'm going to focus on this. Now, if somewhere down the road he decides that that's not the direction he will take, which could be, um, as you've seen from every grown-up that you've probably ever talked to. Yeah. <laughs> um, within one reason or another. Chances are his mathematical and science brain will still parlay into what he does. Mm -hmm. But I would say one of the biggest challenges when we're sitting trying to help people is scratching off all of the mistakes and the ups and the downs and getting back to what are you good at? Yeah, like, <laughs> right? What are you good at? What are you good at? And that's what we, that's literally the first question we ask people when they talking, come into our I'm office. I'm not talking sports. Yeah. I'm like, just who are you? Like what, what is it that makes, or as Tootsie says, what's your light? And like, how do you find it? Right. Yeah. So very cool. I did not know that. <laughs> um, and by the way, that's the opposite of me. We're opposites. Um, <laughs> I help people with emotionally. Math and science are not my friends. But they're my friends, which is why yes. we're good partners. Yes. I went to NYU only because not only because, but. <laughs> Big reason because you did not have to take math or science right, right, yes. if you were in the theater program. There are two like types that was of a brains big, you know. for a solid reason. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Um, I am very much the opposite as well. I'm definitely more sided with this uh, side of the panel. I also do theater, and I think what I always grew up wanting to do was theater. I wanted to be an actress. I wanted to be a singer. Watching High School Musical growing up was like my thing, mm -hmm. um, and I still do it. I'm president of the theater organization at my school now, too. I've done... The next show I do will be my eighth show at Rumson Fairhaven. Um, I, I love saw it. the last one. Oh, really? <laughs> um, yeah, it's been really fun. It's definitely been 
one of the best journeys that I've had throughout high school. Um, but as I go into college, I am kind of sacrificing that part of my life while maintaining like the creative side of it all, because that's definitely something that drives me. Um, and I'm hoping to go into political science to more closely align with like the change that we're making through Compañeros, because I think it's just had such a massive impact on all of us. Um, and being someone who could really make that change while, you know, being able to communicate effectively, I think is one of the most important things that we have. And being a communicator and having these roots in a reciprocity of joy, like has been the most transformative thing for me because when you're on stage, you're really loving what you're doing, but you're also loving that people are loving it. You're yes. loving that people are cheering. You're loving that you're making people happy and laugh and sing. And I think that's been something that we've been able to do throughout Compañeros, which has been a really incredible experience and just kind of opened my eyes that there's multiple ways to do that. And there's multiple ways to make people happy and just kind of embracing all those opportunities as they present themselves. That is I mean, some elevator pitch. I'm done. I mean, my work is oh done here. Gosh, right? Mic drop. Um, I want to hear more Jamie about your and Marissa. Yes. Um, I. I mean, I sort of know, but I think that'd be a great idea also to know like what lunch break is. Yes, I'm going to yes. go back and what to that. And, because and I, um, I think that's going to be our next question for sure. I yeah. Think. I, what I like to hear, um, because a lot of us are kind of going into that already, um, is you know we're we're teasing what you're doing, obviously. Um, but I'd love to hear if you want, actually, Jenny, as you introduce yourself, sure. you can start the process to not only tell us what you wanted to be when you grew up, but a little bit about your organization. And then these guys can kind of fill in because I know you all have different passions and, and involvement in the success of the organization. So first, just tell us what you wanted to be. I don't have as decisive of an answer as they do. Um, I've always been pretty indecisive. But when I was little, like the first thing I wanted to do was be a teacher because all of my teachers were like the coolest people on the planet to me. And I just wanted to be them when I grew up because I thought it was so awesome how they could just like give me all this knowledge. And like it was just really incredible to like see them. And they were just normal people, but they were able to have such an impact on my life. But mm. then I realized I wasn't as patient as all of my teachers were. So I wasn't able to do that yet. <laughs> but the thing that I ended up deciding that I think I want to do, I actually got from Charlotte, who founded Compañeros. Um, I want to major in environmental science and either go into like the science side or like the policy and law side. Um, Charlotte also is doing political science and she would always talk about how if she was a politician and I was an environmental scientist, we could like collaborate and make bills together. And it's a little far-fetched, but I thought it was the coolest thing and it really inspired me because like just nature has always been such a big part of my life. Like we live in Monmouth County, we're by the beach, you know, there's so many parks and like Sandy Hook nearby and so, yeah, that's what I decided I wanted to do. I love that. <laughs> um, so tell us now. We'll go the, the opposite way. Just little, like us wanting yeah. to work in fashion and beauty. Yeah, yeah same. I'm so proud. Same. <laughs> um, <laughs> same. Um, I would like to hear from you, though, a little bit about how you got involved in the organization and more about the organization. So one of the three of you, whoever feels the, like you want to tell us the the, the backstory, backstory, because I know that these guys, this is the second generation of leaders. Um, and I think that's a genius concept. They've created this at RFH or through their relationships at RFH. And then they passed it. Down and RFH is guys. Rumson Fairhaven High, High School in Rumson, New Jersey. Correct. So which one of you wants to tell us a little bit more about your organization? Okay. So at the beginning of COVID-19, there was a lot of problems with families, like marginalized families, being able to go to um, like food banks and get food because either if they had COVID, obviously they couldn't go out and like infect other people. And sometimes 
it was just like hard for them to get there while they were working. And so Charlotte Stan, who was the founder, started a food drive where we would deliver food every Saturday to these families, like straight to their houses. And we just leave it outside and it's like no contact. So if they did have COVID or any sort of health problems, like it wasn't hurting the volunteers or them. And it was just really easy access for them. And they could still keep their normal work schedules and make sure they were taking care of their families and had time for everything, but still being able to get the food. And it started as just like a one-time thing, but it ended up just growing because the families really appreciated it so much. And there was such a need, which is crazy to think because we live in such an area of like wealth and it's crazy to think that just five minutes from us there's families that can't afford a meal and like there are kids who when they go on break from school they don't know if they're going to be able to eat breakfast and lunch every day and it's just it's really like a crazy struggle but do you want to keep going (laughs) um yeah jenny mentioned we directly help marginalized families so all the families that we serve speak spanish um and this has definitely been a really tough year for them i think just by watching the news, it's super clear that there have been blatant injustices happening throughout our country. And just to have a small impact on just within our county has been a really, really incredible experience. And I know that all three of us have definitely had one-on-one interactions with different family members, kids. We're currently doing our Christmas toy drive where we do adopt a family. So you're really talking to these families and getting to know them and you know, getting to know their struggles, whether it's COVID or losing a job or the list goes on. Um, I think just having an impact has been a really, really incredible transformative experience for all of us. And as good as it was, you know, to make a physical difference, we've delivered over 190,000 meals now. Oh my um, God. Wow. wow. <laughs> but as much as the physical difference really did make a massive impact, not only to us, but to the families, it has given us so much back in just, you know, your awareness and your education. And I think, Like I said, it's just very transformative and I'm very, very grateful. I think all of us can say that I'm very, very grateful for this experience as a whole. If you ever are wondering how to reflect that on your resume, there's two girls here that can tell you where to put that because that is the type of stuff that any of us that are a few years older than you, um, these opportunities either didn't exist or we didn't know how to create them and social media wasn't a thing. And it's just you're, you're growing up in a time where things like this are just it's not that they're at your fingertips. You're still creating them, but it's just incredible. And right. now you can. I mean, this is not. Them. This is not a. a yeah. And there's no harm in a a local town job. I love those too. Yes. But what you're doing is magnificent. Thank mm-hmm. you. And it should be showcased throughout your career and peppered throughout everything you do. However, you decide to touch it. Yeah. As, once you grow. Definitely. Um. I think one of the biggest things for us has been, you know making change accessible. And I think for kids our age, it is something that is really difficult. And sometimes, especially growing up, you feel like change feels really out of touch. It sounds like a problem that's not really in your country. You hear about like foreign issues and it doesn't sound like something that you could have a really pivotal place in Mm. changing things. Um, But I think just the opportunity to change circumstances for someone else. And we've definitely changed the idea of like participation and service activities to more of like a service mindset towards volunteering being an inherent part of your core weekly routine and just being a part of who you are and your identity. Because I think giving back gives you so much more. And it's just that should just be an innate part of everyone's life, obviously, if it presents itself to them. Mm -hmm. So that's been the best part of it for me. I love that. It's amazing. Yeah. So um, I really think like the impact that we've, you know, done on other people and like the families that are in need is you know very important but the impact on us is like 
you know, it presents itself clearer to us mm -hmm. because, you know, I never really did that much charity work before. I would always do this, you know, here and then just do like one thing every now and then. But I mean, now that it's become a regular thing, like I really, I really feel like I'm making an impact, even though it's so small that like, it, I just think it's so important that everyone realizes that because, you know, I've never felt that good about myself for helping other people before I did this. And mm -hmm. I really just think it's so important that everyone does that. And when you learn these skills inherently young and you show your peers that you're doing that as well, you're, you're, you're really truly paying it forward. Yeah. So not only are you helping the people in need, you're helping your own friends recognize what they could be doing to better their future communities. It's very inspirational. It really is. And I should ask, actually, so it, so it sounds like it started as a one-time thing, but like, how did Charlotte, you said it was her name? Yeah. How did way she, to go, Charlotte. way to go, Charlotte. <laughs> how did she identify the fam? Like, how do you get your word out? Like, how did these folks all kind of learn who you are? And then just for our listeners, shameless brag, but we have a, a decent amount of people that listen to this. So I think um, I'd love for you to just take this opportunity that if anybody's interested in getting involved, how do they do what you're doing or if not with your organization maybe they can start something similar in their town um the way that we got involved specifically for our county was risa clay reached out to her in the height of covid so the inception of compañero state comida was in april of 2020 so things were really bad and we were still in lockdown but there were massive issues where people couldn't get to food banks food wasn't accessible at this yeah point. and that was pretty like well-known knowledge right. like everyone kind of just knew that was happening right of yep. course and obviously as yep. jobs are being shut down and no one has a way to work they don't have money to transport themselves so it was kind of those minor things that you don't really think about like they couldn't actually get there people ran out of food there were food banks in Monmouth County that were out of food so just to kind of supplement that change Risa Clay reached out with a specific number of families who weren't able to receive food from food banks and we just started taking them on week by week right now we're currently serving 11 families but at the height of it I think we were doing like 25 to 30 families a week um but as it's a good thing because we have actually served over 150 families throughout the course of our program um, who have either gotten jobs and dropped out themselves or just finished the course of the program because there was a time when we were trying to filter in as many families as possible because so many people needed help during just 2020 in general. Um, but yeah, that was our start. If you guys would like to learn more, <laughs> I actually run the Instagram. It's <laughs> Compañeros de Comida on Instagram. Um, and our website is also www.compañerosdecomida.org if anyone wants ways to get involved. Well, what does that mean in English? It's kind of like friends with food. So it's like, like your neighborhood friends. <laughs> so I love cute. Very cute. So I like it. <laughs> So, yeah, I love that so much. We right. will make sure to document all. So, Gwen, of I'm guessing as the executive director of Lunch Break, you've heard of this organization before. Um, but I'd love to hear a little bit from you as to what you do, the work that you're doing, um, what Lunch Break means yes. on the county. Yes. Mm -hmm. OK. And what we can all do to help you. Before I start, I just have to commend these young people. I mean, really, I mean, really? it's beyond inspiring to hear, you know, you know, the depth of, of what you are doing and what you're learning and how it's making you feel and everything you're saying in terms of how 
you know, the fact that you're, you're, you're helping other people, but you get so much more back from this. We hear this all the time from all of our volunteers, our staff, or even our donors as well. So I commend you. That don't stop doing what you're doing. Take it to another level throughout your life. I mean, it's not just about putting it on your resume. It really is about changing, continuing to, to, uh, to keep that in your spirit, to continue to change lives because throughout your life, you're going to continually meet people that need some help. And that's what we're supposed to be about. We're supposed to be about lifting each other up, right? Yes. So really, God bless you. I love Thank to hear you. everything you're saying and your passion. Thank you so your much. Your passion, seriously. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> it is. You. It is. There's something to be said about the social media generation. <laughs> right? right? Absolutely. Yeah. How about that? I changed Absolutely. my tune. All the <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Lunch Break, we are um, a 38-year-old organization um, located physically in um, Red Bank, but you know we serve all of Monmouth County and even some parts of uh, Ocean County. We started out in the basement of a church, and it was just supposed to be, you know, to, to serve hot meals. The Mrs. Todd, who was the original um, uh, executive director, who served for 25 years as executive director before I came on. Um, the, the goal of uh, Mrs. Todd and all those that worked with her, all the volunteers, their goal was to open up, you know, provide meals, um, and, and then, you know, they were going to solve all the problems of hunger and close the organization. Well, of course, you know, life continues to happen. People lose jobs, they get sick, you know, um, uh, people get divorced and, and now they don't have, they're losing an income, whatever it is, life happens and people find themselves you know, continually um, in a situation where they need help. And so 38 years later, we've gone from uh, the basin of, the, of, of, a, of a church to opening up our own facility and expanding a couple of times. Um, but we've gone from, you know, providing uh, the hot meals and the food pantry to saying that other people, they, they, you know, our families need a lot more. You know, like you said, the, the, the toys drive that we're doing now, the backpack, you know, all the things that the children need. But also then we said, you know, it's time to really get beyond, you know, just the, um, you know, providing the meal. You know, what is that saying? If you teach a man to fish, right. that type of thing. So, you know, now we have multiple um, mentorship programs for children, for moms, uh, women, a women's program. Um, we started a life skills program as well. So we're helping people with the training skills that they need to get jobs. We've gotten some people that are have have, have been able to go into Brookdale get their ESL, um, get their GED, helping people with their driver's license. I mean, it's really, you know, the, the pathway back uh, to, you know, having being self-sufficient is a, is a long road. and It's a challenging road. And it really, really takes a lot of different, um, you know, a lot of different uh, support and, and activity and, and people helping. And so, you know, right now our goal is continue, you know, what we look at is our help for today is our soup kitchen, our clothing, you know, all those things that help people get through the help for tomorrow. So that's our tag, help for today, you know, uh, hope for tomorrow. So the hope for tomorrow is, um, is the Life Skills Center, um, helping people get back, back on their feet with jobs and job training, things like that. Also, um, uh, it's part of, uh, you know, so during COVID, there was a lot of things going on with everyone, right? Um, lunch break was 
got very, very busy into saying what is going to help when this is all over, if it's ever all over, um, mm -hmm. though it will be all over, but what is it going to take to help people? You know, what's the next, you know, what's the next um, uh, story for lunch break? What is the next chapter for lunch break in terms of helping? And so we're now in the process of getting ready to merge another organization in lunch break, which is the Family Promise of Monmouth uh, County. Mm -hmm. And awesome. um, so they're going to be merging into lunch break. We're hoping that's going to be done by the, completed by the end of the year. And so now we're going to actually be helping families that are in crisis, you know, that are homeless. And so that's a big undertaking. But, you know, we've that's been the one that that's the organization. Forgive me. Where they find homes, where they find homes. Yeah, they, 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 yeah exactly. And so we we're getting ready impact. to do that. I think we learned about that through yeah. impact last year. Yeah, mm -hmm. that sounds familiar. And yeah. uh, and through COVID, watching so many people, you know, that were dying and very or very, very sick through COVID. You know, we really it, it really kind of you know, uh, put a spotlight on, you know, health and nutrition, really taking care of yourself. And so now we're getting ready to roll out a nutrition program uh, so that we can provide, you know, healthier meals and and education for the people that we're serving as well. Um, so we're getting ready to do that as well. Um, we started through our life skills program, um, an Alliance for Success program, which is a program that's going to be um, taking juniors and seniors that are rising juniors and seniors in the Red Bank school system. And we're um, providing ch coaches with it for them and helping them to just kind of you know, kind of figure out what they want to do. So when they graduate, they're really, really ready and in a pretty good position. So like I said, you know, now it's it's really focusing on really how to empower people and really help people get back on their feet, become self-sufficient, you know, and that that type of thing. But we're always going to be feeding people that, you know, it's always going to be that need. That's how a lot of people come into lunch break. They come in, you know, because they need the, the, the food, they need the, the hot meals, they need the fellowship which is a big thing, you know, um, and, uh, and that, but beyond there, we want to help them to really be able to regain their life back and put them on a great path to do just that. How are you um, getting volunteers for who is helping you with these life skills programs or coming in and, and yeah. helping to curate courses on nutrition or things like that? That's a great question. We are so blessed that we have so many people that want to help. I mean, really, this is a great community that we're in. People really want to help uh, throughout Monmouth County. So mm -hmm. the Life Skills Program is set up where we have uh, two uh, paid staff that actually run the program, but we have close to 100 coaches so when someone comes in say, need another coach. Uh, for right. to be a part of the program, like they are actually assigned a coach. I love that. And, you know, and they're all, and these are people that are that are retired, many of them, not all of them, but they have time. Um, they're former executives. So they're, they're you know, really, really um, high um, skilled individuals. Uh, and they're helping people with their uh, financial you know, financial literacy. Like I said, their GED. I mean, they really have are really making. A, a great strides in helping people get their lives back. And I so there's, there so isn't much. a, there isn't a, um, there isn't a skill set that we need that we don't end up getting. We put it out there and someone, if we don't have it, someone is willing to come out there and help. And so, um, and that, so if somebody we, wants to get more involved, I know it sounds like you have some really amazing people, but what's the best way to give back to lunch break? 
Well, there's many someone. ways. That's yeah. a great question too. There's many ways because it's the life skills. It's we're using the same um, the same um, uh, template for the Alliance for Success for the Youth. So they also receive a coach, which is great. So if you like, if you're if youth or really more your thing, then you know. We I'm guessing this is all on the website ish. It is on the website as well. Yep. But you know, but we also need people that come in and serve food yep. and help in our kitchen and help with the clothing department. So I mean, there's so many ways to help. I have a question actually about serving the food i feel like um on the local moms pages yep. around this time of year there's a lot of chatter around ways for kids to get back is there any opportunity for kids to be in the kitchen it's 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 a challenge now because of covid oh, yes right it's a challenge now because of COVID. i think that a lot of as speaking as a mom yep. i'm sure we can all agree anybody yep. on the panel that has children you know, I'd love them to have opportunity to give back. Now, in this particular day and age, as you just mentioned, yep. even if it's as simple as going to the toy store, picking a toy, bringing it to the Toys for Tot bin and explaining on the way what this means. Oh, you know, sure. you're going to give this to or adopting a family, as yep. you mentioned, yep. um, a toy drive. Um, I'm hoping, as you mentioned, that when COVID lifts, there's more opportunity for the Absolutely. kids to get into the kitchen Absolutely. and serve the meals and really see it and, and understand it. it. Yeah, um, exactly. I love that so much. Thank you, Gwen. Maura. So really, I, <laughs> sorry, you have to follow all this. Well, I want to I want to help here. Yep. OK, so I think the definition of giving back can be both literal and figurative. Right. Mm -hmm. So the people sitting to the right of me are. That wasn't in intentional, by the way, and it feels no, very nice. To but it does. <laughs> but the people sitting to the right of me are doing something directly where their actual day to day is directly helping people that are in need. And I turn to you both because you both are in a place in life where you've either been an activist or uh, helping others by providing gifts of some kind. And I do want to, I want to normalize that for a second. Help can be defined or giving back can be defined or feeling gratitude can be defined, or feeling thankful can be defined in lots of different ways. Mm. And just because you do this doesn't mean you don't need some of this too. Um, and that uh, all of us kind of need to fill our buckets in lots of different ways so that we can feel fulfilled so that our oxygen masks are on to give back to others. So I think I invited Maura to the panel only because I know that she is a true Jill of all trades, but also because she was an activist and then also ran for office, but also because I know she's in a transitional place in her life right now mm -hmm. and is taking in all of this information so that she too can pivot change and better her path. Mm. Um, so I just wanted to kind of segue that because obviously, I mean, Tootsie gives to so many. And because of that, we can give. So right. I think the definition of give gratitude, thankful, giving back is very different. You know, one of the things Marissa and I speak of all the time is what we do is we turn people's lights on. Right. Career wise, it's mm -hmm. you're in my office, you're a small business in my office. I don't know my kitchen table now, <laughs> um, but you're in my office. You have a, a problem, right? You are unhappy at work. You are trying to grow your business. You don't know how you, you know, come to us for help. 
right? And we help you turn your own light on, right? So people will say to me, thank all my, all the time. Thank you for getting me the job. I'm like, I didn't get you the job. You got yourself the job. I just helped you turn your light on about the job. So I think what we can say in this case is everyone on this panel turns other people's lights on. Somehow. Somehow, right? So I'd love to kind of take that and position it to you, Maura, how you feel, especially after listening to all of this, Mm -hmm. that you have turned others' lights on over the course of your career um, and what you're doing now to do that for others as well. So thank you for bringing up light because I was going to talk about that. Um, So there's a couple things I want to say. First, I'm humbled and honored to be on this panel with such extraordinary individuals. I don't think I sort of recognized that there was a world outside myself, probably well into my 30s. Yep. Um, right. And I'm just being honest. Um, and that is now extremely important to me. Right. That was why I decided to run for office was because I was really motivated by the injustices I was seeing in the world. So to be surrounded by folks that are in high school is it's astounding to me and I the message I have for you three is to continue to let your light shine Mm. so talking about light um because I when I set out into the world right at you know the age of 18 you know I was had all sorts of ideas and ambitions and I thought really big and then life sort of happens right and sometimes life is hard It's just the reality, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes you're going to face challenges in life um, and you're going to go somewhere, Michigan or wherever, that's vastly different than this sort of bubble that we've been blessed to live in here in Monmouth County. So just remember to um, continue to let your light shine and continue to think as big as you're thinking today. I want you to keep that in you and and remember that. Um, So a couple things about to bring it back to me and career and so on. Um, I launched my own consulting business in 2011. um, And I had worked for many companies previous to that in the fashion industry. And I decided that um, I wanted to infuse that that piece of me, some of the stuff that we spoke about earlier with Tootsie, right during the yoga, um, who I am, like, we don't need to differentiate our personal self and our professional self. Mm -hmm. So when I set out to think about the business that I wanted to create, the the work that I do happens to be intimate apparel. But I decided that the values that I was going to fuse my business with and that the types of clients that I wanted to work with needed to be aligned with who I am as a human. Mm -hmm. So in my very first phone call with potential clients, I would say to them that my purpose here is to develop authentic relationships with other human beings first and foremost. And if we then get to do business together and we get to, you know, make money and you make money and whatever, and we happen to make some bras together, that's great. Mm-hmm. Right. But it was really about like establishing this this relationship, this humanity of who we are. I'm a believer that I'm a spiritual being having a human experience, not the other way around. She um, says that all the time. Who does? Me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that's that's if you come from that place and you can infuse that into being an uh, aerospace engineer. Right. <laughs> and it's things about, uh, you know, for me, I, I think about creating a culture of kindness wherever I go when I have been employed by other folks where I couldn't exactly control the values or the mission of the company. I just made myself available as a mentor to some younger folks in, in the organization. Um, so that's a little bit about light and, and how I approach business and, and try and fuse the two together that they don't and need to be tell distinct. Me, when you started, when you started your journey into running for office, yeah. 
um, you know, there's a fundamental piece to who you are that wants to do that. Right. right? You right. have to like really have a deep desire. And that I think is a really interesting thing to touch on as far as giving back to your community. Right. So like there's so many different ways you can give back. Granted, this time of year just makes us think about donations and sure, you know, but tell us about your it also desire. Be service. Yes. Your service desire, your desire to give back to your community in a way where you actually like ran for office to do so versus, you know, not just, but just. Sure. Yeah. So um, I had been, I am in long-term recovery myself from an alcohol use disorder, more commonly known as alcoholism. So I have been for about 12 years engaged in um, service within that arena. And um, so drug policy and the impact of the heroin epidemic on people that I knew personally mm. really had an impact on me. And I think that that was the thing that really um, was the aha moment, sort of, yeah, it. sort of the first thing that really shed a light on need and, and the, the, you know, um, p- people in need. Right. Uh, and so drug policy was sort of the way that I first got involved in and um, and at first it was just helping right those that I knew friends and family and, and extended friends and family and then it sort of became woven into um, politics right uh, I be start started to become aware that um, everything is political right so you know and th- and that you you know some of the young folks earlier spoke about how they want to be able to you know the legal aspect and the policy writing and all that sort of stuff and that it's tied to the the need for food and homelessness and so on so um I yeah I, I moved back to Monmouth County. I born and raised here, just down the road in, in Middletown, not far from here. Um, left for a number of years, uh, you know, for career reasons, all sorts of stuff, um, and came back because my parents were getting older. And um, and it was I was at it. Now that I'm older, right? I'm acutely aware of the community and know that there are places like Rumson that are very affluent, and yet just down the road there are many many people in need right here in my own backyard, so to speak. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, I was really motivated to try and make a difference. And, um, you know, I've again, drug policy was something that was really deeply personal to me. And then social justice, racial justice, criminal justice reform. Those are the things that really sort of fuel me. I'm very sort of justice oriented. And again, I think that's sort of like a. Uh, like a compass that someone has in their soul and is sort of born with it. And then what you do with that, you know, and in my case, I felt like I could run for office. I don't have a partner. I don't have kids. So I had a little bit of time because I knew that everybody plays a part, right? Some people, all they can do at a certain point in time is, you know, give a little bit of money. Some people have time where they can volunteer at lunch break, um, you know, and it's different at different phases in your life. I I thought that for me, I'm I'm willing to step up, right? This is something that I can do at this point in time. So, I love that so much. I love I mean, that so much. You have to understand something. I interviewed her, I don't know, 12 years ago. And I right. said this to her on the phone the other day. I have interviewed and met, not so much in the last year and a half, but I have interviewed FaceTimed. probably, I don't Zoomed. know, right? Yeah, thousands of people in my life. And I always try, and I, hopefully anybody out there out can validate me, I always try to have an excellent bedside manner where I try to remember your story. And then there's just a, like a casual handful, more than a handful, but there's a casual group of people that really impactfully 
are, are humans I remember. Not just because of, you know, being You don't remember dis- Mora. No, no. <laughs> I'm getting to that point. I'm driving down here. Okay. But I'm driving down here. And this is also when you meet 12 years ago, you might be connected on LinkedIn. To your points. Everyone you point, meet is somebody you, you're, you, you meet. You didn't connect mm-hmm. as quickly even a decade ago as you do today. So we'll all leave here. We'll all be connected. Duh. Right. But I mean, she walked out of my office 12 years ago. We had her email. You're like, good luck. I had her cell phone. Yeah. yeah. I didn't have any intimate design jobs because it's very niche. It's very difficult industry. Ironically, very important industry, but difficult um, and very um, tight knit. And we just had a very impressive, memorable conversation. And I'm driving on Newman Springs Road and I see her name on the signs. And I said to myself, I know that woman. And I was like, how do I know that woman? And sure enough, I would see her in the newspaper running for office. And I, without her knowing, I'm sitting there like, way to go, Maura. <laughs> like, like, she, like, I mean, talk about, I sit on a pedestal in a soapbox talking about how you can do anything you want to do and you can pivot and you can dream, right? This is a woman that designed bras and which is really important, I know, firsthand. <laughs> but I'm saying like she was an intimate apparel designer. And is now out there running for office. It's mesmerizing. Yeah. So when she and I connected on LinkedIn, I don't even know why. Oh, I know why. She, I posted a very meaningful post on LinkedIn about how I ran in to my New York City doorman from 20 years ago. And he recognized me mask and coat and all. And by the way, 20 years and just you know sidebar sidebar and he said marissa is that you and it blew me away like it was probably i mean it was a low bar in 2021 let's be fair but it was one of the highlights of my year to know that i connected with him he remembered me. He remembered my journey. He knew what I did. I had a side hustle back then that didn't have social media, so I don't do it anymore. <laughs> Still cranky. Um, but I had a side hustle back then. He was like, remember when you would make all the picture frames on the roof? These are your kids. Like, congratulations. Like, it was just a really meaningful moment. And I was moved by it. And I posted on LinkedIn and she saw it. And because and of posted. that, she's, yeah. But I had been kind of stalking you and curious because, because yes. the Dreamcatchers is so fabulous and phenomenal. Because well, the Dreamcatchers <laughs> caught her attention in Monmouth because County. Because 12 years ago, you put me on your email list and I've been getting Choice Associates emails. Thank for you for not unsubscribing. Thank you for not unsubscribing. <laughs> we get then, too many of those. No one asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, but the first thing I wanted to be was a writer. So I do enjoy my little blog posts, although I still have a terrible use of punctuation. So then I start getting Dreamcatchers emails and I'm thinking, what is the, what is that? Right. And it piqued my interest. So then I look you up on LinkedIn and you I see my doorman post. <laughs> no, before that, I saw Impact 100 Jersey Coast and I went, I met you in New York. Yeah, you did. Years ago. Yeah. How, what's Neither this girl doing down here? We're, right? Neither yeah. of us were in Monmouth County. Nope. So my little antenna goes up and I'm like, she's got to live. Di- Where does she live? Why is she? I don't get it. What's happening? <laughs> There's a, a, like the 1130 p.m. By the way, trolling dear, of people. And you're like, dear, what happened? Our dear friend and, and dream catcher, Deirdre Sparopoulos, is the founder and executive director of the de- of the Impact yes. New Jersey uh, Coast. And she would love to hear that she saw that on your LinkedIn. Yes. 
in yeah. because that's something that we were telling her that we want to get more and more people that are part of Impact to add that to their LinkedIn so yes. that you see that and as a I, connection. I'm a part of Impact 100. Just Coast I'm very proud. The proud an event tonight that we're missing because we're here. I know. <laughs> there's too many. There's too many I know. We're all missing. Okay. That's all, all impact. And I know Gwen. Right? <laughs> we're all impact. But the important part about that post, the doorman, the, the connection. Yeah. You and me 12 years ago. Yeah. It goes back to authentic relationships yes. with other human beings before Connection anything else we do. And seeing people for who they are. That's right. I love and that, that so was, and then know, you can do anything. And she reaches out to me. I'm like, what are you doing December 7th? <laughs> and so she says, do you want to be on a panel? And I didn't ask what it was about, what we were talking about, who else was going to be on it, where it was. I said, yes. Yeah. This is, this is, that's I mean, about like speaking open. open. Like I'm like right? coming from spirit right now. <laughs> right. Like she said, yes. Be open. Opportunity that's knocked. Do, right? That's one of our favorite yes. mantras, which we're going to get to that question as our last question is going to be about mantras in a minute. Tootsie go. Tootsie. But I would love to hear from Tootsie because I, <laughs> yeah. I know her so well. She's taking this all in and she's thinking about what she wants to say um tootsie tell us a little bit about your brand um but from a giving standpoint what you you know i mean i could answer this question as a recipient of your gift for over a decade same um but i would love you to tell us a little bit about your gift and what you give and why you give it because i think you know, so much of what, you know, I even work with Tootsie on this where we will say to her things like you're our, you know, spiritual guru or things like that. She hates it because she's like, I'm just a vessel giving you the gift. Right. But I think that that in and of itself is just as important. It's selfless. We all need those lights in our life, whether it's Charlotte, you know, or somebody that just inspired you to do this or your mom. Right. So tell us a little bit about why you do what you do and what it is that you do. Um, do I say I'm a vessel? I don't, I, I hope I never say I'm a vessel. Do I say I'm a vessel? <laughs> if I ever said that, I take it back. More that um, you're, it's that you're not necessarily a guru. That yes. You are well, I'm definitely a guru. To give the gift that this yeah. is just, um, what you're meant to do. Well, I'll, I'll say this, that, um, to backtrack a little bit, I also want to acknowledge that, um, the three of you, it, it's remarkable. And, um, and it is really nice to see. I mean, I have kids who are also remarkable, but it is really fun and exciting to see such, um, like self-possessed and focused, um, teenagers. And I was definitely one of them. And I will say that even though I'm doing what I am doing now and I'm still on my journey and I'm not done yet, I'm going to have lots of versions. Um, I was a massive nerd. I studied psychology undergrad. I've had many different paths, but I just have always loved what I've been doing and it came this way. So try a bunch of different stuff out because you're going to find that you'll probably be amazing at a lot of different things because people who are amazing tend to just put in the effort to be more amazing in a bunch of different arenas and you shouldn't and the world wants all of it. Like just spread and it. The world needs all of it. Yep. And and, and and to that point, I just want to say one thing. What you what you were about to say, or maybe want to say, or mm. what I'm going to say for you, is the word hope. Yeah. And like I listen to them talk, and it makes me feel hopeful. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Um. So that's just really exciting. Thank you. And um, as for lunch break, it is. It's also just such an honor to be on this panel with you. I see it everywhere. I love that. Um, I love that. Yesterday, I went shopping at a grocery store. Just the 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 workings of it and how it's been so successfully brought to everybody's like on the tip of your tongue. You know the places where you might want to donate your time or your energy. Um, it makes it. You know, I think part of life is um, the ease in being able to give. 
right? Like, you know, and Lunch Break does that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you for allowing <laughs> us to do that. So, um, my, I think my big thing is that, um, did I offend you? Yes, to go to the vacuum. <laughs> um, my, my big thing is that I always want to do more. So, um, I think the, I'm going to keep mine short because I, I don't need to say that much about this. And I've said it on a bunch of different places. I will, oh, I will go to my deathbed feeling like I never did enough. And an anecdote to probably show this is that I had a student in New York City and it was around the time that my father was um, dying of cancer. And in this conversation after a dance class, I said, you know, I, I just, it makes me feel like I should have been an oncologist. And then I've had that thought in my head after I saw this grave injustice for somebody that I love. And I thought, damn, why am I not like a judge or a lawyer? And the truth is, I could be any of those things. Like if I kind of had a different path, I definitely could be any of those things. And I see things that are happening in the world and I want to produce things. And what I've realized is that what I do now in my life is I have all these people that come to my proverbial doorstep that are doing phenomenal things in this world. They are judges and CEOs and lawyers and doctors and oncologists and philanthropists and and executives and, and fundraise and they have a lot of money. They don't know where to put it and they have no money and they don't know what to do. And these people wind up my doorstep in the form of a dance class or a yoga class or a retreat. And I get to help people figure out how to access their better or best selves so that they can do those things. So that I am not going to be an oncologist now in my life. But when I have somebody who is in my class, I get to push and shove them and mold and take them up and pull them down and help them see that they are absolutely unbelievable and need to shine that light in the world. And bizarrely, I do that through movement and being really bossy. <laughs> um, so even though I was massive nerd, I, I mean that in the best way. I mean, that guy was very academic and still am. And I would love to lead three parallel lives where I am. I pursue, I, where I pursued my clinical psychology undergrad and I, I, I'm a therapist in some ways, but can, I would love to still be a therapist. I would love to still be a producer and I would love to still pursue and help with those injustices. I just do it with leggings on. Mm. And a sports bra. But so important. It is. So yeah. Sorry, I, I'm not a moderator, but I'm going to jump in here. This is, a, <laughs> this is an equal opportunity now. <laughs> because the, the, everything that I do, the importance of yoga and meditation for me yeah. is in accessing my power yeah. and helping me to get out of my head because yeah. I am always in my own way. Yeah. Always. And I have a big, bold personality, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> um, so I need to sit and be quiet. I have to. Yeah. That's how I stay well back to what do I do for myself so that I can be available and present for others. Because trust me, you don't want to know me or be around me when I haven't been taking care of myself. Because mm -hmm. yeah. I'm, I'm also right of uh, extremes and a workaholic, overdo it, perfectionist, want yeah. to be doing it all, all the time. And yeah. I can't. Same. If yeah. I can jump in also, you know, when I came in and I saw that you had the candles all over and they had, you know, they had darkened the lights and it was just so nice and quiet and serene. And I thought to myself, 
I need to have her at lunch break because my staff needs this. Yeah, they I would love so, to. It would they be are yes. so wound up and they are so Count tired. Me in, call me anytime. And work so hard. I'm and there. Stress. And I, I said, this is so beautiful. My staff needs this. We will do that. And that would, and that's that's helping. Yes, you it know, is the helping. The people that are feeding and help, you know, that's helping. Yeah, and I think. Um, I, a, yes, done, check, we're doing it. Okay. B, um, <laughs> along the lines of what, of what you guys were saying also about like figuring out how like it's really, it feels really good to help. I think what happens to a lot of us is that it feels really good to contribute to people. But when you do that, either as a career or you do that because you find out you really love it, ultimately there's an inverse that happens that you give, you give, you give, and then you have to fill up. You have to refuel. You have to yep. find the things that make you, you feel good. And it's not because you're being selfish. It's not like some Western American ideal that like it's me time. It's not a pedicure. It is filling yourself up with a yoga class or with making your body and your like spirit feel good so that there's more in that reserve to then continue to give and to give well and effectively. Right. Because to, you know, we all know what happens when you're, I mean, I did it the other day. I was giving, but man, was I doing with like a little passive aggression, with a lot of grumpiness. You know, you do it from a place that's just not as generous. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so the short, the short answer that was supposed to be even shorter is that, um, I like to help people find their ways to be their best selves, typically through movement, meditation, um, and all of that. I love that. I think we're all cut from the same cloth a little bit. I think so, too. Mm -hmm. um, to to be mindful of our time, I think we could probably all sit here for another two hours discussing all of these amazing things. I can't because I'm hungry. Right. <laughs> what I'd like to do to bring it back um, to the questions, but more so just for our audience and our listeners in the room, is a couple of questions that we like to wrap with. You can choose one, choose your own adventure as Marissa likes to say, um, or tell us all. But we love to hear people's, first and foremost, your mantra. You know, if there's something that inspires you, if not a mantra, is there another human, another organization, another, um, you know, cause that what we call your brand crush, right? It's something that just inspires you, that you're just obsessed with what they're doing. And that's why you do what you do, right? So whether it's a mantra or a brand crush or a book or a musician, just something that inspires you. Because what we like to do is share that with our audience because not only are you all inspiring, but I wanna know what inspires you, right? So is it something you say to yourself every day? Is it something you do? Um, so that's one question, brand crush, mantra, et cetera. Um, in fact, you know what? Let's just leave that as one question. I'd love to hear from each of you. Um, I can go first to inspire the panel. Um, you know, I think often about my brand crushes because I give this talk, you know, all the time on our podcast, but also with candidates and clients. Uh, I think what defines a crush for me and what we like to call, like, you know, and I do a whole class on this, by the way, identifying your brand crush, how to land your dream job, those types of things. Because I do think it, kind of goes with your career and who you want to be, but more so about just what inspires you to keep going. So whether that's a brand or a cause, right? So for me right now, um, I just have to say it. I say it all the time, but I am crushing hard on Bellworks right now. <laughs> I am so obsessed with this building. And every time I'm here, I've been here like literally at least a hundred times at this point. 
there is something so magical about this place and no one and people that walk in that have never been here. They're like, I don't know. I've never been here before. And I've never broadcast in this room before. So this is I've never been in this room like this. I just wanted to say and I'm not saying this, you know, because I have to. Um, what a special, special place that we are so blessed to have so close by. Um, and I just think they do everything well. The branding, you know, the way it feels inside, the way that it feels safe, you know, from a COVID standpoint, the businesses they choose to partner with, the Dreamcatchers, um, and Ming Shared Universe, who we started broadcasting with him. He was based in Eatontown. He was here all the time anyway for us and others and decided to open a space here. Um, I just saw that Renaissance Pilates, cool. which are friends of ours, also on the podcast, um, was in uh, Red Bank for many years and opened an annex here. And they are combining forces and just staying at Bellworks. Um, they're a Red Bank institution. When I saw that news, I was like, whoa, you know, like good for Bellworks. So um, that's my brand. And crush. So if that's inspires you to answer, just like something that you're just like, like, yes, like this is like what I want to do with my time or I want to, you know, build my brand to feel like or to whatever it is. So I don't know who wants to start. We can start with anyone. Go ahead. Jackson sounds like he has someone. So first off, before we get into what inspires me, I have to say that Bellworks is a crazy place. And when I walked in there, I just feel so productive. And like, I yes. want to do something. <laughs> yes. And I was Brooke's going to love, Bella's going to love that. Yeah. I was talking to Jenny earlier. If I ever start a business and I need a headquarters, or you know yes office, it is definitely going to be here yeah check <laughs> sold you're welcome <laughs> it is so great sign it, him up unscripted yeah, yes right <laughs> but going, also, this was the original bell lab speaking yeah, of engineering well, I, th I think that's i think that's part of it you can you just know history. how much happened exactly. here yeah. yes and you know i just think it's such a perfect place but what inspires me um so i gotta say social media influencers have definitely inspired me and there's a lot of stuff on social media that you know you just watch to pass time but i think that two people um on youtube specifically have really inspired me so there's this guy named brad uh his youtube channel is trail recon and what he does is he goes on camping trips um more specifically overlanding they call it and so what you do is you build your vehicle up like any sort of car there's you know jeeps stuff like that and basically these guys just go on trips with all of their friends and they build their cars to be completely like nomad capable. So you can live off the grid for multiple days at a time. And really, I think that kind of just sparked my interest in, you know, I, I have a Jeep myself and I work on it a lot and I'm trying to get to the point where I can go off on trips with my dad to, you know, go for multiple days but i really tell think david I, he'll tell be missing band. yeah, yeah tell, <laughs> tell the band <laughs> i i really think i don't know that guy is just something special because he really merges the you know camping part with engineering and working on his car and i think that he's just such a great role model for me i've actually spoken to him a couple times oh that's really cool. great guy you reached out to him yeah that's on awesome. instagram thanks and brad <laughs> yeah yeah he definitely see social media can be a good thing it's it's really great yeah <laughs> he definitely inspired me to you know keep working on that and i think that's kind of another main focus of engineering you know automotive because aerospace engineers can work in car companies too sure. you know with aerodynamics sure. and stuff but um, another guy on social media, uh, Casey Neistat, he's pretty popular. I've always watched him from, um, you know, like fifth grade. And he creates vlogs. Um, he used to live in New York City. And basically his motto is, you know, do what you can't 
and just keep moving no matter what. And he kind of he kind of told me to fight against my laziness. You know, when I when I didn't do a lot of stuff, he got me up and moving and starting projects. And, you know, I actually I created a bunch of vlogs when I was in middle school and I published them on uh, YouTube and they, you know, copied his style. I copied his style because I I went to New York a lot. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> Literally. Flattery. And yeah, people noticed it. People were like, oh, you're copying him. I'm like, yeah, I am. Because I really am inspired by him. But, you know, when I was in New York City, I would try to. You know, I I would go into New York City after school for actually acting auditions because I, I did that a lot when I was younger. And um, so when I'd go in, you know, I'd go in with my mom and I'd be I'd be like, Mom, we have to do this. We have to go here. We have to go there. And she'd be like, we can't do that in a day or we got to be home and you got to go to bed. I'd be like, no, we're doing this. And, you know, I'd drag her around the city and I'd make her do as much as we can. And it was, you know, all things related to my interests. And. I, I really think that a lot of my interest came from those two guys. That's awesome. Good yeah. for you. Wow, I love that so much. I just learned a lot. Also, at the end of this, we'll put definitions to all the words he said. Blog. <laughs> um, Video blog. A thesaurus, for those of us that don't know what they mean. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, mine is such a teenage girl answer, but Harry Styles is mm, like we love, we all such love Harry a big Styles. inspiration. Um, but his whole brand is treat people with kindness. And I feel like it's just such a positive way to live. And this quote that he said, that's actually my senior quote is if you're happy doing what you're doing, then no one can tell you that you're not successful, which is definitely really inspiring because I think a lot of people go into college with a lot of ambition for success and ambition for money and these like monetary physical things. And I think I've definitely always been really driven by those creative things, which you might not see that automatically or really quickly and things where you are giving and you're not seeing actual like profit from it. And it's much more of like a mental state that you have to be put in. That is what makes you successful because you feel full. And I think kind of just chasing that fulfillment and, you know, I think that that's the purpose of life. And that's like what I think we all strive to chase amen. and like finding I that fulfillment. And I, would, I wouldn't amen. mind the, the boa. Yeah, the boa I wouldn't mind amazing. his whole look and yeah. voice oh, and everything else. Also. It's incredible. No, no, you're 100% right. He's a he's a special kid. Yeah. And I we are huge fans as well. Yeah, yeah. huge fans. Since when With Harry tried, Styles. Oh, I was, yeah, right. When he tried out for uh, X Factor. One, before he was even on yeah. One Direction, oh, yeah. X Factor. We watched that. We watched the OGs. You guys were infants, but we were watching it. Oh no! We were huge Simon Cowell fans. We're original American Idol fans. Real dreamers. Yeah, real dreamers. Oh, anything about chasing a dream. So we're we're in. My brand crush is actually my boss at my real job. Um, I work at the Blonde Chalet in Little Silver. Oh, we love the Blonde Chalet. We love Jess at the Blonde Chalet. She is like the most inspiring person. She just started making like salad dressings out of her kitchen one day because she just loved cooking. We need to get her on the podcast, by the way. Oh my gosh, you so do. She's the best. And those salads, man. (laughs) Jamie actually introduced me to those salads. Really? Yes. Yes. You could swim around in that dressing from here until eternity. That ginger dressing, man. I can take shots of that right now. All the food is like so amazing. And the thing that really inspires me most about her is that she is so happy with what she's doing because she loves seeing how happy the customers are when like people come in with their little kids and they're like picking out all like the cookies that they like and like the food that she makes. Like she just loves. SpaghettiOs? Yeah. SpaghettiOs. Have you been there? You need to go. Now there's a brick and mortar in Little Silver. Yeah. Which is a big dream. She was doing it out of her house. She was doing it out of her house. She was doing it. And then she partnered with Sickles and her salads were at Sickles. Pilates Blast. Pilates Blast. Like you would like 
be able to buy one like as you were leaving elsewhere. But now she actually has a storefront, which she was able to do. Wasn't it during COVID? Like she opened. Yeah, yeah she literally opened. I was COVID. like so inspired by that. It's just really awesome. Yeah, a true spicy, dream catcher. Spicy chicken soup also. So good. <laughs> also, we're, really, we're really just making this about me. Remember when I said it was not great? Um, the the um, dairy free chicken salad. Mm. All of Everything their stuff is amazing. Makes. And I love that you work there. So you work there at the desk there in yeah. Little Silver. So I'm you'll probably, come in and say hi to you. Yeah, now. we'll come in and oh, say hi. Should. I work Monday, Tuesdays, and Thursdays <laughs> after school. We'll find you. Amazing. <laughs> I never I never that's eat awesome. till three anyway, so it's perfect time. Yes, that's perfect. What about you guys? You have some Go mantras or, or I know you know, some brand crushes, anything you know, any books um stuff I, right now? I have so many though. I have so many. Um, I'm going to, I'm not going to do brands and books. I have like too many, but I do have um, a mantra. My probably my main mantra is I am here, Mm. which as some of you guys know, I use as a retreat um, mantra, but that for me is very grounding. It's a reminder that we've got today. It pulls me back to center if I'm like floating around and to be grateful for being here. Like I'm here, do my work get done what I want to get done, use my gift, whatever I might have, and be thankful to mm. be here. What about you? Amazing. So uh, I have a, a similar mantra. Mine is I am enough because I feel like I spent a lot a lot of time in this human life feeling like I wasn't enough. Mm. So that's something that's important to me today, right? Saying I am enough. Um, and then in terms of crushes, uh, couple um i i just want to shout out to some of my friends that are pretty amazing humans and um don't take much credit for for the work that they do in the community sort of the unsung heroes they inspire me immensely um i sit on the board of a a small nonprofit called the q spot which is an lgbtq plus organization in asbury park that is just a small nonprofit trucking along you know what i mean um small but mighty type of thing that does amazing work and they don't get all the attention that some of the other bigger um glossier shinier nonprofits in the area get um i have friends that are doing amazing work behind the scenes in the lgbtq plus community my friend lauren albrecht um and uh, my friends uh, early on in the pandemic, Joe Grillo and his wife, Julie Andriola Grillo, started Asbury Park Dinner Table, um, which was you know similar to what um, the kids here are doing over in the Rumson Fairhaven area. And they just it's just so much a part of their being. And that really inspires me because I feel like I have to work, work at it as much as it looks from the outside like I'm, <laughs> you know, a philanthropist and involved in all the stuff in the community. I have to it does it's, it's a muscle I have have to flex mm. so i'm always inspired by those that seem to like you gwen that it just Dudes. comes yes naturally for you yeah you know, I, I have to practice i couldn't agree more and i think that um if i were to correct you in any way i would say that you i think we all have an innate gift to give and i i think that you're 100 right because i feel the same as you like i'm listening to gwen and i'm like we should be we should be the coaches like we should do this you know right. and i think to go back to your mantra, you are doing enough. You are enough. You Thank being you. here today and inspiring us, talking about your alcoholism, talking about your activism, that is enough. That is inspiring enough. Now, if you also can you. go show up at the soup kitchen, you know, you also can do this and this and this. Sure, that's wonderful. But I think um, we all, I think, are cut from that same cloth that we are innately givers. 
to others, whether that's the basic definition of giving or on a large scale like when, right? But I do think that, um, you know, to wrap, I know Marissa always likes to, well, we've actually kind of ping pong, ping pong this often. You almost said pimple. I almost did say pimple. Um, first of all, I'm just proud of my voice for not giving out. Um, you know, to wrap this up, I, first of all, I just want to thank you all for being here. I think, um, I was really excited when the team at MPZ and Bellworks came to us and said they wanted to do, um, a year end, how it works. Um, for those that don't know, and I can just re-educate the audience, we typically do these at lunchtime upstairs where there's folks walking around and listening and then walking away. And I have to say, I wasn't sure how I'd feel about this. And I just absolutely love the intimacy of it. I know that we have folks listening live. We have folks that will listen after. Um, but I just wanted to thank you all for kind of taking a chance on this and being here tonight. Um, I'm hoping and I'm guessing and Knockwood, this will be the first of many um, kind of events like this at Bellworks, whether it's with Tootsie or with others in the community where we offer some sort of experience and also a conversation. Um, I know that's something that they're very interested in providing to the community and Marissa and I love this stuff. So we are probably going to, you're going to see more of us doing this in 2022. Um, Marissa, did you have anything you wanted to say to wrap? No, I just wanted to say thank you. Um, I have a lot to look up. Um, I'm privileged to do what Jamie and I do best, which is bringing really good people together to share their light in a way where we can then help promote it. Um, I say it has been a really difficult couple years and to see magic being made out of, you know, more cliche, but lemonade out of lemons really inspires me. So I like seeing, I like seeing magic happen. Mm -hmm. So hearing your stories really, really gets me going as much as knowing where you came from, which I said before. And I like to wrap in what I am thinking for 2022 is reminding myself, which is one of my original mantras, um, is to believe in more, that we're here to do all of this because our journey, like Maura said, we're just a spiritual beings doing the best we can on a human journey. If we can't connect that, sometimes when life feels extremely overwhelming, I just have to remember that this is just the stuff. Mm. It's just the stuff. And no matter where you're at in your life, no matter how challenging it is, no matter what you're seeing that's challenging in your day to day, what Gwen sees in her day to day, I'm sitting here thinking about what she sees versus like, you know, the trivial day-to-day -day stuff that maybe I see doesn't mean that it feels different, right? So we just have to do our best to be our best selves and know that we're actually part of a larger story. Yes. And I had trouble myself this year remembering that. So if you, if I'd like to wrap sentimentally, my mantra is to remind myself to believe and more and to honor that I know we are coming from a spiritual place and that all this dreck is, that's all it is. So we have to make it as sparkly and as pretty as possible. So doing things like this is our effort to light the dark up. So thank you I agree. for helping us light things up. And I, I, I just want to say before I give everyone a chance, it's just 
chime in with anything we forgot to ask you. Um, I did want to just mention a couple of things about the dream catchers. I, I always, I f- admittedly forget to do this while we're live. So I'm just going to do it quickly. Shameless plugs. Um, you know, often we get asked, you know, what is it that you do? Who are you? How can you help me? And we just recently, um, actually with Tootsie's help, often we'll talk through these things and really figuring out what your brand is, right. And figuring out what you can offer. And so Marissa and I are career experts. We've been putting people to work for two decades, but what the dream catchers has allowed us to do, it started as, it's just a podcast. And by just a podcast, I mean, one of the most fulfilling, if not the most fulfilling part of our career in general, period, end of sentence, because I love doing this, but what it's grown into through COVID and what we're excited to talk about is our dream services, which are opportunities for small businesses or uh, job seekers to come to us for help. So you need help with your resume. You need help making a logo. You need help figuring out who to contact in the community because you can't figure out how to grow your brand. You need help just sorting through the crap. That is what we do. Um, so that we can help you shine. We're professional huggers. Yes. So we have a bunch of packages. Um, take a look at our website for things that you can buy and and partake in. Um, but we also are just blessed and so happy to be here with Bellworks doing these. We also do what we call our Dream Give events, where we do giving back events throughout the year. So speaking of giving, um, we just wrapped two huge Dream Give events. One is our annual streaking event, where we raise money for breast cancer, um, where we partner with a salon here in um, Shrewsbury called Salon 685 where you get a temporary pink streak put in your hair. Mine just recently fell out. It was there for six weeks um, where we raised, um, I think it was almost $7,000 for Susan G. Komen and like basically... Um, equivalent of a day. It was a few over the course of the month. Um, and then we also do our um, giving back uh, event at our temple, our shopping, a shopping event at our temple in Rumson. Showcasing small business. Showcasing small business. So I think what I wanted to just make sure to, to mention is if you are a job seeker or you are a business, and what we are calling that is a dream dream seeker or dream partner. If you are either of those things, we can help you in some way. Um, we have services that can help you. So I'll say it here first. Next up, I'm going to do, sorry, Jamie, Jamie doesn't know this for sure, but I'm going to, I'm going to do a shopping event where the vendors are kids. Yes. We're so, going to do a dream. Kids and it's event. going to happen very, very soon from now because I have a nine year old that I promised she could have a table to share her wares. So I believe in teaching dreaming big from a young age. Um, and of course, we will tie it back into charity, which I know you will all support. Um, oh, and speaking and of charity, yes, we are donating our the, last the, thing to say. proceeds of tonight's yoga class to our amazing organizations that were represented here today. We also were supposed to have Elise Dermer from Dermer Dreams Love you, Elise. Um, on the panel. So we will be giving a, a few um, dollars her way as well. She's doing some incredible things. Um, speaking about making giving easy for people. I forget who said that on the panel. Um, that is what they do for our community. And Did last but not least, yes. the Dreamcatcher contribute and donate throughout everything we do to mental wellness. Yes. Especially here in Monmouth County. Yes. Every single thing you ever do with Jamie and I, a proceed goes back to mental health. Because yes, we make a monthly donation about. to the Mental Health Association. Thank you. You're you know welcome. what? People have, we all need a lot of help. Yes. Okay. Like we just named like 12 yes, things that are like lot really, help. really need help. We can provide the help, but if we can't help you, we also can outsource to people that can. Um, That's any, it. Anything that anybody wanted to say that I didn't get to say, something you wanted to plug, something you wanted to say, a website, a, a th- something. I just wanted to give everyone one more chance to say something. Okay. 
Cool. Thank you for being here. Thank you, everybody. Thank you to Ming from A Shared Universe for sharing our sound. Thank you. And thank you to Bellworks for having us.